Are you ready to flip the marketing conversation? Then welcome to the Internal Marketing Podcast, the unique podcast series where we discuss how you can win at marketing externally to your customers by first marketing internally to your employees. I'm Carrie Ann, and as a CMO, I've found that how we engage our employees can actually make or break the success of any marketing strategy. So here, we'll talk about everything you need to know to supercharge your marketing by leveraging your most powerful brand advocates, your employees. So let's flip the marketing conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Internal Marketing Podcast. As I'd shared with you in the intro, my name is Carrie Ann Stimson. And yes, I'm a CMO of a financial services company in the Caribbean. And I'm actually based at our headquarters in Kingston, Jamaica. And that explains my accent. But that's my day job. My passion is actually delving into internal marketing. And so the Internal Marketing Podcast is my own personal project where in each episode, I'll be engaging in some exciting and insightful conversations with thought leaders from all across the world about various aspects of the subject. Now, I'm excited to be bringing you my very first episode, and I'm especially happy to have as my very first guest on the show, Chris Wallace. Chris is the founder and CEO of Interview Group, a marketing consultancy that, among other things, focuses on what else but internal marketing. And I thought, what better way to kick off this unique podcast series by talking about why your organization needs internal marketing. Now, whether you're doing internal marketing already and you want to level up, or this is something you think your organization or company could use, this show is for you. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's get started. Chris, welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Carrie Ann. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. You know, I've referred to this particular podcast series as one that flips the marketing conversation because typically as marketers, when we, we go through marketing school, we focus a lot on the customer, which is great because, hey, it's the customers why we are in business. But I don't think we pay enough attention to employees when we talk about really designing an effective and comprehensive marketing strategy. And uh, as I had shared with you in the lead up in, in for the show and we were preparing for this, I came across interview group. I came across your company account on LinkedIn and I was just so surprised because when I Googled internal marketing, I really wasn't satisfied with a lot of what was coming up. And going on to LinkedIn, I saw where interview group was really very passionate about this whole matter of employee engagement and how it impacts the brand and impacts your growth strategy. Could you just kind of share with us what interview group does exactly and, and why is it your sweet spot and, and how you came to found this organization on that premise? Sure. It is an exciting topic. It's obviously near and dear to our hearts. But essentially what, what interview group comes down to, it's a pretty simple premise. We believe that looking at the people that serve the customers, the frontline teams, the customer service folks, the sales teams, the technicians, you know, the, the, really anybody that has that customer facing role, they're the gateway to the customer. When that customer shows up or when that customer interacts with one of your people, that person is the face of the brand in that moment. And making sure that they are really speaking about the brand, acting in a way that's consistent with the brand is, is a critical aspect of driving the experience that that customer expects, right? The customer showed up for a reason, whether it was they were attracted through marketing, there was, you know, they, they generated some demand through their marketing efforts. But when they actually show up and inter interact with that company, 
that person who stands in front of the customer is the face of the brand. They are the gatekeeper of the message. And because that frontline person can drive so much of the of the result and really the experience the customer has, uh, we look at them as a, a really key important ingredient in the marketing conversation. And one, like you said, marketers typically overlook. It's always about demand when it comes to marketing. But what happens when demand actually shows up? Exactly. And, and, and that's, I think, where the, the dots aren't being connected. And uh, I work in financial services. I'm the CMO of a financial services company. So you don't get any more real when you talk about the customer experience because it's the employees who actually not only deliver the service experience to the client, but they're designing the experience end to end. And if they're not engaged, if they're not au fait with what the organization's mission and vision is and the values and, and how that translates to the customer, then you're going to get that disconnect when marketing is saying, hey, come on in, we're great, you're going to love us. And then when the customer comes in, it's like, whoa, what did you say again? So I totally get that. And and you obviously work with lots of clients on, and, and, and talking to a lot of people on the ground. Can you say why is it that more companies aren't paying attention to the whole matter of how they engage employees in an internal marketing context? So it's a great question. It's probably the question I get asked the most is, is why is this not happening now? And my answer is most companies think that it is, to be completely honest. Most companies think that they are, they are filling this gap, but it typically takes the form of more traditional training, one sheet, job aids, things like that. And the challenge there is, in too many cases, the marketing team is doing the handoff, right? The, the marketing team is working with it with an internal partner, and marketing says, okay, here's what we're taking to the customer. You worry about getting it elsewhere inside this organization. Once marketing does that handoff, to be honest, it sort of loses its marketing flair, right? What marketers are good at sort of gets watered down when it gets handed over. And, and, and I've talked to plenty of trainers, including in the banking space, that would agree with this. They're not marketers. Their, their job is to make sure that people have information. But as we all know, just distributing information to people doesn't necessarily motivate them to act. Just because they know something doesn't mean that they're going to act in a way that's consistent with the information that they receive. They digest it in different ways. They, they have different you know, perceptions and biases. So we look at it as if you really want to drive the type of behavior and influence employees to a certain attitude and perception, really looking at them more like an audience to be marketed to than an audience to be trained is the approach that we take. But, you know, again, answering your question, it's most organizations think they are doing this. They're just doing it through more traditional means. We just don't think that's enough anymore. That's not to say that training's not needed. We just don't think it's enough to reach the modern employee the way that they need to be. So they believe it's happening, and, and, and you're right. It, it kind of gets handed off again because marketing is so focused on the external. That said, is it that internal marketing shouldn't have one center of excellence in the organization, or should it be more than one? I mean, how do those partnerships look optimally when they're properly built out? Well, so I should have qualified my answer to the last question. Okay, When I say they think it's happening, the same thing always happens. If we talk to somebody and they say, well, we have a team that does this. We always go back and say, well, how consistent is the message that's getting delivered to the customer? And they say, oh, it's a mess. And then we say, but you just said you're doing it, but it's not, it's not happening. So the challenge that most organizations run into is when something's not working the way that they want to, especially big organizations, they 
do more of the thing that's not working. They double down on, well, they need more training or they need a new job aid or they go back to the same mechanisms that they've been using before and they just do more of them when it never, it, it's always a concern that they're not doing enough versus maybe they're not doing the right things. We look at internal marketing as sort of layering in a new way of thinking that is bringing in new ideas, fresh ways to do things, really an approach that looks at that frontline audience more like a customer and marketing to them and engaging them in similar ways you would a customer. And I'm happy to share some examples, but we look at it as sort of layering in that new mentality to get away from this idea of it's not that you're not doing enough. You're in some cases you're doing too much training or you're doing, you're, you're doing too much of what you're already doing. It's shifting your mentality a little bit and taking a little bit different approach. That's where we see companies make the adjustment from what they do today to the internal marketing, because it never fails. Even if they say we're doing this, they never say they're doing a good job of it. They never say, yeah, that message is getting down. The message is strong. Our people believe in it. They still believe that there's a big gap there. If there's a gap, something you're doing now is not working. Right. And it started with another question, but your qualification prompted me to kind of jump back. So for those companies who are kind of new to this internal marketing thing, what are the kinds of messages that we, we should be sharing with employees? So when we talk about marketing to them as a customer, I know I spoke to one of our local executives here in Jamaica who actually was repulsed by the thought of marketing to my employees because I've hired them, I've put them through the rigors of, you know, are they a good culture fit, right fit, right role, they're in the, why am I marketing to them if they don't get it? Then that's a problem. So <laughs> I, I didn't think it was that simple, but in your view, what is it that, that we're trying to say or, or trying to do when we say we're talking about marketing to our employees? So it comes down to one word, okay? It comes down to one word, choice, okay? Mm -hmm. The difference between traditional training and what I'd say training and compensation and performance plans and all those types of things, the traditional levers to drive the behavior that you want. Internal marketing is about choice. It is about taking an approach that gets employees to the, trying to get employees to choose to want to do something versus being told they have to. And when you think about driving that experience to the customer, if the employee has chosen, I believe in that. Yes, I believe. Anybody who's ever flown Southwest Airlines or shopped at Nordstrom or gone to an Apple store, or I could go on and on with some of the marquee brands, but anybody who's ever interacted with somebody from those brands knows that those people act that way out of choice. People work for Subaru out of choice and they believe in what they represent and that interaction with the customer comes through. So I'm going to say that that keyword is choice. Do you want people to do it because you told them to do it or do you want them to do it because they choose to do it? Internal marketing is all about that choice path. And I love that word choice because not only do you want employees to choose, you're doing that with their understanding and the recognition that your customers are choosing as well. And they choose to do business with you because of the promise that you've made. And they want to tap into that. And so they want people on the other side who's going to be willingly delivering that experience that you say you're going to deliver. Not to mention there's a key aspect of this when you think about choice. That idea of choice and the whole concept of internal marketing is really built off of the premise that look at the shifting demographics of the workplace, okay? We have a banking client and that banking client, they struggle to staff qualified people in their branch locations. They struggle to find the right people and people that wanna do that job for what the compensation is. 
And when you think about the mentality of, I hired them, I trained them, now it's their job to do what I told them. In a world where you're competing for talent and it's hard to find talent, if you don't take that, if you don't take the path of driving choice with those employees, if you are just constantly saying, listen, this is what I told you to do. I trained you. This is what you have to do. It's your job or you're out of here. You can take that mentality, but you're going to drive people out of your organization. And for companies that are struggling to staff certain roles or struggling to have employee retention and things like that, I'm not saying that this is purely an employee retention play, but it has significant benefits for employee retention because if you're driving choice, you're treating people like they have an option. If you treat people like a hostage versus treating them like they have an option, think about the difference in what you get out of that person and how long they'll be willing to stay. Absolutely. So that said, to go into my next question that I'd initially asked earlier, is there one center of excellence that internal marketing should reside? You know, you spoke earlier that once it kind of once the message, the brand message and so on kind of leaves marketing, it, it, it becomes something completely <laughs> not what it probably otherwise should be. So is there one center of excellence that you recommend in an organization or should it be different owners kind of coming together? I believe it should res- reside in the marketing department. Oh, wow. And, and you know, I mean, the, the way that, the reason we say that is the, the closer you can link that alignment of the message with the people, you know, we always talk about the architects of the brand message and the brand story. The people who are building that external message, the closer this function resides to them, the better alignment you're going to have throughout the organization. And let's think about the the discipline that we're talking about. When we say internal marketing, we're very literal about it. We look at them like campaigns. We look at the work we do. We talk about them as campaigns. We do internal research. I'll I'll talk about that more later on, but we developed internal research methodology and tool that allows us to gather frontline feedback and determine where basically we're asking our audience, what do you think? We're taking that information and we're building campaigns to reach them using data to drive the message and to drive the strategy, just like marketers do externally. So the muscles are there in the marketing department to do this. But again, too often the marketing team does the handoff. But the other reason I believe it should reside in marketing is because of the way it's measured. So when you think about marketing departments, they're being scrutinized to justify the dollars they spend more and more every single day, right? Hard metrics, conversions, you know, upsell rates, share of wallet, the hardcore metrics that matter to to business leaders today, marketers are being held accountable for those. Better linking the marketing team to the people that are driving those metrics downstream, whether it's the sales and service, you know, the sales and service channels, better linking the marketing team directly to those folks is going to drive better outcomes and results on the way that marketing is being measured today. Wow. That's probably a bit of a radical view. I mean, what kind of response have you gotten from folks when you go into your clients and you make that recommendation? It's actually not that hard of a pitch to make. Okay, great. um, I'll give you an example. You know, we worked with with a luxury jewelry client and the marketing team builds the brand. They do, it's primarily digital. They do a lot of digital advertising and they do that digital advertising that drives certain clicks to their website and then calls to their call center. We worked with the marketing team and then with their call center team to better drive that link between what they're doing from alignment between their marketing team and their customer facing team. And their conversion went up 33%. That's a full, they grew by 33 points. Okay. For every 100 calls that is coming in, they're converting at at a much higher clip as a result of a better alignment between marketing team and what the frontline teams are saying. When we go back to them and say, now evaluate your marketing, 
what is your cost to acquire? What is your what is your cost per lead? What is your cost per click? All of those costs go way down. If conversion goes up, the effectiveness of your marketing program mm. is exponentially better if your conversion goes up by 33%. If it goes up by 5%, your marketing metrics, the health of your marketing dashboard goes up significantly. So it's really not that hard of a, of a story to tell. When they start looking at cost to acquire and they say, man, if I could drive my cost to acquire down by 10%, it might only be 2% improvement in conversion can drive their cost to acquire down. I'm glad to hear that you say it's not that that difficult of a pitch to make. As a bit of a sidebar question, though, a lot of organizations, particularly medium and large size, they have internal communications teams, which may or may not reside in marketing. A lot of them actually reside in HR. In your experience, again, is, is there a connection between the two? Should there be? Have you seen it work, not work? Uh, that dynamic? Because I find a lot of the internal marketing type conversations conversations, not enough, are coming out of the marketing function. I see more of it coming out of the internal comms side of the function. So what's your experience with that and how are they connected, if any? So my point of view on internal communications is I think communications is a pretty literal term, especially when they sit in the HR function. A lot of times the internal communications team really is trying to distribute information that is relevant. It's about knowledge. It's about knowledge and awareness. It's not about behavior change. Right. I, I do not believe that internal communications teams objective is behavior change. We work with internal communications teams and partner with them. Many of them, while initially they might feel a little bit threatened by what we're doing, once they realize what it is, they say, no, 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 that, that, that's really not us. When we think about truly what the mechanics of internal marketing are, and we really look at break down kind of what the process is. The key to remember is we are trying to link principles of employee engagement to customer-facing initiatives. Internal communications, in a lot of cases, doesn't have anything to do with customer-facing initiatives. Internal marketing is specifically focused on what your go-to-market strategy, whether it's products, your brand, your positioning, your customer experience, whatever it is you are bringing to bear for the customer, you're bringing to market for the customer, internal marketing is designed to better link that point of customer contact to the point of strategy, right? It's linking, it's building a bridge between strategy and that point of customer contact. Um, that's not communications. That truly is behavior change. It's adoption. Just sending somebody an email. We have a client. They told us, they said, we are, we've already started the campaign. And we said, wait a second, you started the, the, the campaign around this new product launch? And we said, yeah, our internal communications team has started sending emails. They started, they called it a drip campaign. And they showed me one of the emails. And it was, I counted, the, the subject line of the email was 17 words long. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, that email cannot, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to run down on these companies. It, it, it's new and people are trying to find fresh ways to do this. But we told them, we said, that email cannot find its way into people's trash folder fast enough. Nobody's reading that. They're literally not reading it at all. That's not marketing. That's not meeting your customer where they're at. That is sending something out, hitting click on a button and saying, check, that box check is that done. Box, yeah. It's not driving. If you truly want to drive behavior, marketing is behavior change on a mass scale. If you want to drive behavior change, you have to look at it as an opportunity to influence the audience, not just distribute a bunch of information. Communications does not drive behavior. 
Well, based on your view of what internal communications is, is, is about, and that's your view, I'm sure and some folks are going to be anxious to get into the comments with that view, but I, I totally get it. It really is about a, a shift in behavior that we're trying to drive, and that's a marketing function. So earlier, and I know a lot of people are going to be excited to hear about this because now we want to talk about some practical examples of what internal marketing looks like. I mean, and, and obviously, again, uh, you work with lots of clients in the optimal space where companies are doing internal marketing very, very well. What does that look like? You know, if I were to walk into an average organization that has really hugged on to this internal marketing thing and they're doing it very, very well, what does that look like? What sort of things do you see happening, whether it be culturally, whether it be growth-wise, brand awareness-wise, performance-wise? I'm going to give you an example of somebody that we don't work with. I don't want this to be, you know, break our arm, patting ourselves on the back here. Like we want this to be useful for your listeners. So I'm going to give probably the best example we've seen. And this is not somebody that we work with. Up in Canada, the largest cable and, and telecommunications provider up in Canada is Rogers Communications. Based in Toronto, they're the largest wireless provider in addition to, to being a, a cable television provider. And the folks at Rogers have a, have a team called Voice of the Frontlines. And it's a team, a specific team. And Voice of the Frontline starts the way any good marketing starts, with data. They have a weekly dashboard. They are gathering input from their frontline team weekly on their attitudes and perceptions toward their major products. Mm. They're tracking it constantly to find out where they're, they're having challenges, where they're having gaps, what is causing their confidence to drag. They want them to perceive their products as best in class. So they're gauging where they are, benchmarking them, and then tracking that over time. If they fall below a certain point, if somebody rates their product below a certain point, they have to say why. They take that information, they process it, they look for commonalities amongst the responses, and then they build content and support designed to target the gaps that they hear. So instead of just building a whole bunch of training and starting to push it downhill, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're working with their frontline teams. They've built a, a, a structured feedback loop. That would be step number one in terms of truly building a good internal marketing engine is a feedback loop, okay. a structured, regular you know, data gathering mechanism where you're hearing from your front lines, which gives you the opportunity to adjust and respond to them in real time or close to real time. And then they can see that their voice is being heard. Mm -hmm. What do customers care about? Customers want to be heard, right? Anybody who, who has worked with NPS or anything like that, you can turn a, a, a detractor into a promoter very quickly if you just respond to them, if you listen to what their needs are and you respond. But the folks up at Rogers have built this feedback loop and they are supporting their teams in real time. They also make sure that when they pr produce content, they have a, a committee that reviews it. This is a committee of frontline people and they put a frontline approved stamp on the materials that go back out. That way somebody can look at it and say, I know one of my peers has looked at this and said it was useful and that it was translated into language we can actually use. It's not a bunch of corporate speak. My team has seen this. So not only hearing their voice, but involving them in the process and building the tools and building the support that's gonna go out to the, the frontline teams, that's how you build good marketing, right? You mm -hmm. solicit input and feedback at every step of the way that's what best in class looks like from our opinion. Awesome. And 
ultimately, I, I know you mentioned some marquee brands earlier that obviously, whether they call it internal marketing or not, because that's another thing I've realized, different companies call it different things, but that's okay. The objective is, is still the same and, and how they approach it is still pretty much consistent. What are the brands, who are the brands rather that are doing this well, in your view, that we can take some great nuggets from? I, I mentioned a few earlier. I'll reinforce them. You know, and a lot of these I know some of your listeners may say, you know, those are the ones that we hear all the time. Well, there's a reason you hear them all the time. They're good, and there's not that many that do it well. So Southwest is an example that I will always use. Southwest has an image of who they want to be, and the people that work for them reflect that image every time you interact with them, from the jokes they tell on the airplane to the smile that they give you at the, the counter. Um, it's funny because Southwest has a core principle, you know, love. They talk about love at Southwest, Southwest love. Another brand that does it that I mentioned earlier, a, a core part of Subaru's brand, love. It's what makes Subaru a Subaru. And that truly comes through in the way that they serve their customers day in and day out, all the way down to the dealership level at Subaru. But I'll, I'll give you one other example that I think is, is, is a good one. Patagonia. You think about the Patagonia brand, which is revered for the way that they have institutionalized their brand or, or made a part of their culture. But the people of Patagonia believe so much in the mission that they have, the way that they deliver for customers, and it's just really ingrained in the people inside their organization. They want people to care about the company they work for. They want them to care about the work that they do and the, and the, and the value they deliver to customers. They take the time and they make the investment that, to make people care. So those are the three brands I'll throw out. The first two are ones that you hear about very frequently. The last one is one that I think in the last couple of years has really surged in awareness. But Patagonia is a great example of people that, to use a phrase one of my CMO friends uses, they walk the talk. Mm -hmm. they, don't just, they don't just say this is who we are. They actually back it up with the way that their employees behave. Awesome. Some great examples there. And, and again, as a customer, well, certainly of Southwest, I've flown them a few times, you see it. You see it. You you see not it, it not only coming out in the experience that you get as a as a customer, but when you're interacting with all of their representatives, employees who represent the brand, represent the company, it's consistent. You get it, and and you can rely on that stamp of what they represent to, to come out in every single interaction. And I and totally agree with that. So. I, I guess another big question that a lot of folks have is, so I, I'm listening, I, I love what I'm hearing, and yeah, we do need to start doing internal marketing, or, or maybe if we're doing it in some sort of way, we, we, we need to ramp it up, we need to be better at it. What are kind of the first steps you think an organization should take, a marketing leader should take in really strengthening what internal marketing should look like in their own organization? Yeah, I'll go back to I'll go back to one I mentioned before, which is uh, th there's two that I would challenge people with. Um, three, I'll, I'll give you three. The first really comes back to as soon as you start looking at the audience as somebody that you want to influence versus somebody you want to comply. That's the first step. Is really getting the it, it, mindset is key. So to, to get this right, yeah, I have to have the right mindset. If the you're a marketer and the people on your team are like, what are you talking about? That's training's problem. Uh, th that's a little bit of an issue, right? You've got to want to, to try to approach this in a new way. So that would be number one. Two is gathering feedback. So having a regular structured way of gathering feedback from the front lines. I'm not just talking about anything's better than nothing, but I'm not talking about just a survey monkey. 
that you send out occasionally. We have a tool we built called the Brand Transfer Study and the Brand Transfer Score, which is a, a very structured and detailed way of gathering that frontline feedback and finding out how well your marketing is resonating with your frontline teams. It's market research just done inside the company. So frontline feedback would be number two. And the third is, third's the most fun and probably the easiest. Okay. That is go look at what you are currently doing for your people. Go look at the, the tools, the content. Content's the word, right? Content is king, right? As for consumers and now inside companies, content is king. Go look at the content you are producing for your people and ask yourself, is this the type of thing that I would want to look at in my spare time? And I'm not talking about the subject matter necessarily, but look at the quality of it and say, is this something I would choose to look at in my spare time? Yes or no. Is it fun? Is it interesting? Is it cool to look at? Right. Going back and looking at the tools that you're providing and and setting that bar of would I want to look at this in my spare time? That will be really eye opening for an for an organization. Right. That gives them the opportunity to set to really challenge themselves to say, if we're truly looking at these people like they are consumers and we are selling them this message. Is this really how we're selling it to them? Some organizations do a good job of it. But I always say the simplest thing to do is to challenge yourself to do one thing differently. If every time you do a product launch, it's training, job aid, webinar kickoff. If you're doing it the same way every time, challenge yourself to do it in a different way. Take the webinar and make it a podcast. We've done that for clients before. We've taken job aids and made them, and we're, we're currently doing a graphic novel for a company where they've turned their employees into superheroes, and they're telling this through, through a graphic novel that people get in a series of issues. Find a more creative way to do it. You can always push to be more creative, but that's the easiest and most fun is just try one thing different. And I, and I think, too, the bigger message that I'm getting from you as well is marketing really needs to do a much better job of integrating themselves into aspects of frontline operations, service and sales that they probably are not doing enough of. So, in, in, for instance, going out on sales calls, actually, you know, working alongside, sitting alongside the frontline, what are they experiencing? What are they seeing? Because Getting a deeper understanding of what's happening in their world, I think, will also help in how you're better framing the messaging and, and the approach that you're taking to marketing internally to ensure that it's relevant to them. And I think that that's a great takeaway because sometimes, again, I think as marketers, our heads are so down, you know, and then, you know, where we're just focused on the customer, we're generating demand. And, oh, yeah, let's check that box with the internal communications team to, to let everybody know the campaign is being rolled out. But I think it's just an awesome opportunity for marketing to turn a lot of their listening internally as opposed to just keeping that sole focus on the customer. So I have a great statistic for you. Please, yeah. I, I, just to that point, we did some research. 80% of marketers told us that their results, how they are measured in their role, is directly impacted by how the people at the front lines perform. 80% that how they are judged and whether or not they are effective in their role depends upon how well the people at the front lines perform. So when you think about that, think about that connection between the two groups. Just saying, I'm going to hand this off to another department. If 80% of people are saying it impacts how they're being judged and you know, how successful they are as a professional, one would think it's time to step up and say, we're going to take more responsibility for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're just about coming on the tail end of our conversation. And we've discussed quite a bit here, Chris. And 
I guess in your opinion, and again, this is your sweet spot as an organization and the service you provide, what would you say is the biggest takeaway? So of all the things throughout this entire episode, what is the key takeaway that you want our listeners to come away with having heard this great conversation here today? I'll go back to the first question that you asked in, in terms of how we got started. The people who represent you, the, the people that talk to your customers, they're the gateway of your brand. They're the gateway of your products. Okay, Looking at them, you have to get it over that threshold. You have to get it through that gateway to get it to the customer. The frontline people, the, the people that work for your organization can decide whether or not a product or a, or a portion of your brand is going to be successful. They can decide if they want to put their attention into it, if they want to put their effort into it. Most organizations don't fire somebody because they decided they're not going to sell the company's new product. We've seen many products come and go and new initiatives fail, right? The typical corporate initiative reaches between 60 and 70% of its of the objective that was set for it. So if you're falling that short, looking at the people at the front lines as the gateway to the success and a key component of that success, that's the biggest takeaway from it. I love that. The people who talk to your customers are the gateway to your brand. And, and that's so very true because that's where the, we, we, we connect with the customer. And if, if the connection is not consistent with the messaging that we're putting out there and who we say we are and the promise that we make to them, then that's a problem. <laughs> that's a big problem. Well, Chris, this conversation has been awesome. And I really, really appreciate, again, your time that you took to share with us today. And uh, I like to... I like to refer to our listeners as our kind of an internal marketing tribe. And I like to do with all of my guests, my final question is, how can we as your tribe support you? How can we find you, connect with you, and how can we support you? Sure. So if anybody wants to connect, the best way to get me is um, find me on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. That's how Carrie Ann found me. So Chris Wallace is not an uncommon name. So look for Chris Wallace in, in Drizzly, Philadelphia, which is Drizzly today. But Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you'll see Interview is the company, and that's I-N-N-E-R-V-I-E-W, trying to teach organizations to take an interview of their brand. And also our website, interviewgroup.com. And again, it's I-N-N-E-R-V-I-E-W group.com. Uh, find us through the website. Um, for the folks that are really interested in this, because your topic is so focused on this, we do have some research that we've published with a, a market research firm called uh, Focus Vision around what matters to marketers, whether or not their message is getting downstream, whether or not their brand is aligned with their frontline teams, really gets to this idea of uh, where internal marketing is needed. So we've got great resources there if you want to take a look. Thank you so much. And I would endorse following Chris and interview group on LinkedIn, great content and great information. And please do reach out to them. I think it's a great opportunity. And can I just add to Chris that I think in this whole COVID-19 pandemic time that has totally flipped our lives and the world on its head, employees in particular are struggling in a lot of ways because like customers they're human beings too their lives have been upheaved some of us working from home balancing family concerns some of us who would have been directly impacted by the disease itself it, it's no better time as an organization to engage in a much deeper way with your employees to not only make sure that they're representing what you want them to represent as gateways to the brand, but also to demonstrate that you care. 
And if they see that demonstration coming out, then it drives back to that word you used earlier, choice. If I'm working for an organization that's really built on listening to what I have to say, caring about what I'm going through and partnering with me towards what it is I'd like to achieve and and how I'm supporting them, I think it's no better time to jump on that and really look at how we're utilizing internal marketing in our organizations to achieve brand growth and general sales growth as well, because that's what it's all about. It's about the bottom line, right? Internal marketing is not any harder and it's not any more expensive. It's just different. Yeah. That, that, would be, that, that would be something that ties right in with what you said. It's just that choice of, again, it's choosing to drive that choice at the employee level. It's not that much harder. It's not that much more expensive. It's just different. And that's how, what's hard for people. It's hard to adopt things that are different. Absolutely, absolutely. But I, I, again, I think this time is, is, is ripe for that. I think it's time. So thank you so much again, Chris. It's been awesome. It's been a great conversation. And uh, we wish for you and your organization and your family all the very best. We hope you guys are staying safe as possible in what's going on and uh, hope to see you again, who knows, sometime soon. Thank you, Carrie. And this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate the chance to be on. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, you won't win at external marketing to your customers until you first win at internal marketing to your employees. So join us next time and we'll continue to flip the marketing conversation right here on the Internal Marketing Podcast. The Internal Marketing Podcast is available on your favorite podcasting app.